Hello, and welcome back to the Glossy Week in Review podcast. I'm Jill Manoff, Glossy's Editor-in-Chief, stepping in today for Danny Parisi. I'm joined by fashion reporter Zofia Zviglinska to talk about some of the biggest fashion news of the week. Hello, Zofia. Hi, great to be on again. Yeah, excited to chat. This week, we're talking about the significance of the new Adidas for Prada Renylon collection, the future of fashion tech based on the goings-on at CES, and the impact of the Omicron variant on physical retail and everything else. Let's get to it. So, Zofia, you are our in-house, our resident, I would say, sustainability expert. Um, tell me what you think about this Adidas Prada collection. I don't know that Adidas necessarily needs Prada's help in any way in terms of sustainability, but maybe so. No, absolutely. I think the pairing here is probably focused more on the luxury market than anything else. Um, but obviously the re-nylon collection is kind of something to be um, you know, excited about. Uh, Prada has been touting it for, I think, two or three years now. And they've been looking at making it kind of a more accessible thing. And with it being something that can be infinitely, re- infinitely recycled, um, it does make it very interesting. And I think Adidas probably wants to make use of that as well. Definitely. So like you said, uh, Prada is going all in on this idea of re-nylon. It is created through recycled plastic waste from oceans, fishing nets, textile fiber waste. I mean, Adidas has experience in that space with their collaboration. Is it Parley for the Oceans? I know they do a lot with like recycled or um, ocean plastic. Um, so that's nothing new. But Prada had this goal to move to this re-nylon. They, they're used to working with nylon. It's kind of iconic in their bag bags by the end of 2021, which they did. Um, so yeah, it, it's exciting. I mean, this is a newer collaboration as of 2019. The third collection that they've come out and the first one that includes ready to wear. The others were very much focused on footwear and handbags. What did you think about the designs? Because I know we've talked a lot about um, some of these newer collaborations, especially between high-end fashion. They've been very loud. um, And I know that um, (laughs) there was an interesting comment from somebody from Adidas about the fact that this is more subtle. But yeah, is this something that (laughs) that the hype beasts are going to buy into? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's probably not the brands that Hypebeast would traditionally go for, but obviously like the luxury pairing does make it quite interesting for that. And I think that this follows on quite recently from the Arcteryx and Jill Sander collection that was out last October, I believe. And I think it's kind of in a similar vein. It's all of that kind of minimalist, um, edgy, but not quite and definitely quieter in terms of design. For sure. I, I heard that the other two collections, I read, I think it was in High Snobiety, um, they didn't quite pack the impact that that other collaborations have in the past. And, and they owed that to the price point. It was about $650, I think, for sneakers um, for one of the styles. And also to the fact that some of these, um, I guess, hype beast beloved um, collaborations are typically more retro in, in their look and in their design. And this kind of looked like too new, I guess. But I love the fact that in addition to the Adidas stripes, which again are iconic, this touched on some iconic um, designs by by the brand, by um, 
by Prada, but also it features really fun details like the the Prada pouch, which I think um, will be very hot and popular on social media. Um, and it definitely calls attention to the fact that this isn't a typical Adidas shoe, beside the fact that it is kind of a, a more, um, I guess, original uh, design or, or um, classic design. Um, so anyway, it'll be interesting to say I did to see I did find that the the quote it was from um, Stefano Pierre Bereshi Berushi, um, head of design for Adidas, um, and he said. And I quote, this was again in the high snobiety, when two iconic brands come together to combine their distinct worlds, it can be easy to overdo things, but sometimes less is more. So um, he talked about prioritizing balance and restraint. Um, this is not Fendachi, let's say. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely not. And I think that, you know, it might actually be a collection that will work well with like younger consumers as well, because of that kind of iconic triangle logo that Prada's put on quite a few of the products and um, which has been trending everywhere on TikTok so maybe that would be quite good. Totally. Tell me it's interesting. They're a little bit hush hush about the marketing play but there was um mention uh somewhere that they're they'll be doing something in the metaverse to kick this off. Um <laughs> you've written a lot about that. Uh do you think that that is that makes sense for the audience that they're they're look they're going for here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't hear that before. So I'm very excited to to hear about that because that sounds something more in the veins of what Balenciaga did. Um, and I think that it would definitely be a play on what Adidas is already doing um, with the Bored Apes NFTs. And I think that that would definitely expand on their kind of current interest in the metaverse. And it seems like they're far more engaged in it than Nike. So might be a way to get ahead of the competition as well. Totally. Well, we'll wait and see. We want dibs on that story. <laughs> Hello, Prada. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. So let's move on. Uh, we cannot not talk about CES. It kicked off uh, today. We're recording on Wednesday this week in Las Vegas. This the huge tech convention every year um, that we've seen much to do in terms of beauty brands taking part in that. Fashion brands on and off over the years. Um, first of all, this was an IRL event that it typically is. Um, we know that the the pandemic has had its impact on um, live events. And so this was downsized, downgraded from a four-day event to three days, January 5th through 7th of this year. Um, and also, gosh, I would just say they, they weren't expecting a great attendance anyway. Um, I found that they typically see 170,000 attendees by late December. They were only anticipating 50,000 to 75,000. So some big, big companies pulled out. Much of it went, went virtual. So um, maybe more was expected or was to be rolled out on the fashion front. I don't know. But as I'm seeing it, um, there's not a ton happening. There, there's more beauty, but um, yeah. What would you say about the state of fashion tech, Sophia? I guess um, <laughs> what's working? We know we've seen our fair share of, I guess, uh, mm, bells and whistles for better or worse. People trying to do something in the space uh, that that doesn't really seem fit seamlessly into fashion. It's more so um, a gimmick. Um, but yeah, 
the state of fashion tech overall, was there opportunity here as you see it that maybe uh, brands missed out on or, or, or it just shows that that fashion tech is, we, we've hit a, a lull. Yeah, I think that they probably have hit a bit of a wall. It's quite hard to kind of imagine any actual tech hardware that would work in fashion, apart from, you know, wearables like glasses, um, like the spectacles from Snap. Um, And I think those were missing um, from CES. And I think the only thing that was relatively fashion related so far has been a metaverse suit, which apparently lets you um, walk around in the metaverse using a specific suit. But I think that that's more of a a gimmick rather than a real um, adoption opportunity for brands. Oh, wow. Did it look chic or did it look weird? <laughs> it looks weird. like a spacesuit. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to put that on every day. <laughs> mm, probably not. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we talked about, again, beauty. L'Oreal always comes out with something that's more kind of an at-home device or something that's catered to salons. So Emma on our team wrote about um, them coming out with it, – it was a hair dye tool. So there's something called – Color Sonic, which was kind of an at-home device for mixing hair dye and applying hair dye. Um, There's also something they came out with called Color Right, which was for salons, almost looking like a soda machine that mixes um, hair dye based on, you can, I guess, use um, technology to view the different colored um, colors of hair, hair dye, I guess, available. View, view yourself with different color hair pick your one, it mixes your dye, it disperses it, blah, blah, blah. It seems exciting for sure, but, um, and definitely they do something every year out of their incubation lab. Um, But yeah, fashion, again, I love that you saw that. I did not see this suit. What I did see is um, Perfect Corp, which is kind of a leader in in beauty um, virtual try-on in terms of trying on makeup on your face. Um, but they were hyping. They they did talk fashion at the event, which they, they took a virtual, had a virtual presence, but they talked about how um, their capability to bring um, the metaverse um, to fashion brands. And uh, it was a little bit vague of what I saw, <laughs> but also um, create beauty and fashion NFTs, um, create virtual try-on within the metaverse. Um, And also, yeah, they were just hyping their virtual try-on capabilities for fashion um, accessories, including like eyewear, earrings, accessories, watches, bracelets. And as everything moves to e-commerce or as more retail, more shopping moves to e-commerce, we know that a lot of brands and retailers are looking to offer virtual try-on. But yeah, I'm not sure that there was necessarily anything new there. Um, Virtual try-on in the metaverse. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I think that would be some kind of VR AR mix. Um, I think that the AR possibilities for fashion are probably the most likely to to come to fruition the soonest, possibly even this year. Um, There's been rumors of kind of Apple hardware coming in at some point this year. Um, We'll see if that's going to actually happen, if they're going to be able to get all of the supply for the materials. Um, But that would be a a major step in in encouraging brands to kind of actually get involved and possibly set up their own innovation labs um, to to create brand products which which might actually be useful um, with AR and VR. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I would love to circle back with some of these brands that either were discussing innovation labs or or had launched that um, prior to the pandemic. I know, unfortunately, that's always like an early thing to go. Um, that team, when, when people are cutting corners, uh, that could have maybe played into uh, the lack of, of brands on site this year at CES. Hmm. For better or worse, again, uh, let's move on. Omicron's impact on retail. Uh, We've had a couple of stories dedicated to this. Macy's just announced that they're shortening their hours to the end, uh, through the end of January. It's not a drastic cut. And they're also saying that um, they're saying they're, they're not cutting their employees hours. So this is more so about safety. This is more... I don't know. We know there's a shortage of retail workers. Um, Retail workers are getting sick as well. You also did a story about what was happening in the UK prior to the holiday. Um, What have you heard? uh, What does this mean for retail's comeback as you see it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the UK is an interesting test site at the moment um, for US brands seeing how to adapt retail-wise. Um, There's been an announcement today that the PCR tests are being reduced in terms of how long you have to self-isolate for and who needs to do them. Um, So I think that the government here is trying to make it easier for people to return back to the retail environments that they had during December. Shopping was up for the most part in um, November and early December. um, And it was only when the Omicron wave hit that it footfall fell. Um, And I think now it's still quite low. But Omicron's a bit of a different wave, in a sense. A lot of people are already jabbed and boosted. And I think the means for for retailers that they can start to encourage people to come back into stores. And I think the US, it might be the same way, depending on how many people are actually vaccinated and are able to engage in that kind of regular consumer behavior. For sure. Your story was so interesting ahead of the holiday where it was like prime shopping time when when normally the stores are packed. And it was about the lack of foot traffic in the UK and how um, I think it was Harrods that that bumped up their Boxing Day um, annual sale. sale to ahead of the holiday. And so it's interesting some of these tricks that they were doing to keep people coming into stores. Are you still seeing some of that? Um, Not so much now. I think that there was a big push before. Um, Definitely a lot of extended sales. I think there's some that I think might still be going on this week. Um, But I think that mainly they're just looking at making sure that they don't have the same problem with stock overload as last year. Um, So hopefully they've approached it in in a better way and are making sure that, you know, the the product is um, is still going. For sure. In addition to Macy's, we know that um, in late December, Apple closed its New York stores and also um, kind of select stores across the country. Um, They really owed it to, um, I guess, insufficient staffing, but also kind of cautionary uh, moves um, as as the virus was taking off in certain cities. Um, Danny had a story also that showed um, other other companies were cutting their store hours, including Sarah Jessica Parker's SJP collection in New York uh, after they they closed temporarily at the, in late December and then brought back um, typical hours. I think it was Tuesday of this week. Um, well, no, no, no. They reopened Tuesday of this week with shortened hours, which again was not drastic. It was about an hour at the beginning of the day, an hour at the end of the day. Um, so I, 
I mean, Macy's is so influential. They they did not like cherry pick markets. It was it was the full the full spectrum of their stores. So um, if this variant continues on, I just have a hunch that we'll see more of this uh, moving forward. Yeah. I do think that the US is slightly more cautionary with these waves. I think the UK may be a little bit more lax when it comes to this approach, depending on um, on whether or not people have ha- have had their boosters or not. Um, so I do think maybe um, that that retail scene in the US will be a little bit more cautionary than it is here. Yeah. For, it's interesting. We, we're getting mixed messages in terms of what this means moving forward in the States. For instance, like Danny's story, he talked to the founder or the owner of um, an athletic wear company called Public Rec. And they were saying, this will affect us as we move forward in terms of our, our decision to open more stores. We wanted to open stores. Now we're kind of thinking, wow, it's a risky move. Like, are we open? Are we closed? Modern Retail, our sister site, um, did a, a story on what this means moving forward. And retailers were telling them they're going to continue on, continue opening stores. Um, events they had planned, they're of course not doing, but this is not impacting their store opening plans. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in the UK or or do you think that the one one way is going to rule over another? Our brand's going to continue to go there. Um, I think it's interesting because there's been so many store closures in the UK since 2018 even. Um, and I think that the high street over here is really suffering. There's been a lot of changes and kind of that um, attention to being able to be flexible and kind of shift quickly is always something that's very useful. But there aren't enough um, brands and companies that are doing it. Um, I do think that with this new variant, there is going to be longer term planning and seeing how 2022 will plan out and whether it would make more sense to have a completely hybrid approach to move completely to e-commerce or to um, focus on physical retail and make sure that that experience is what makes customers keep coming back. For sure. Well, in, in our world, in addition to retail, we know this is also impacting the fashion weeks. <laughs> um, what's going on? I, I've, I've noticed Armani has pulled out of um, their men's shows that were planned for this month and also Couture. What others are you hearing about? What are you seeing? So it's interesting. I think all of the UK ones, which are going to be one of the first ones after New York to come in, um, are still going ahead at the moment. Um, I don't think there's been any changes so far from the BFC and the British Fashion Council, but there might be as the weeks kind of go on. If the cases do keep rising, they might not be able to have as many staff help out with the events, which would also impact it. My guess is that most of the brands will take a personal approach and choose to either be hybrid um, and go online and do some of their shows as maybe as an exhibition, um, which proved to be quite popular last year, I think, in Paris. Um, Or they will try and do um, something just purely digital, which would also be really interesting. So I think London also has a lot of innovation in that space. And there was a couple of virtual fashion shows happening last year. And I think there's more that can be done there that would show a little bit more of innovation um, in the fashion area. When we talk about Europe, I think that a lot of production is still based out of Italy. So it'll be interesting to see how the cases fare over there. But I'm not optimistic about it. I think that most of them will have to go online. 
For sure. Wow. It's surprising about the UK. Hey, hey. There, <laughs> all systems go. That, that's cool for now. Um, I like yeah. it. Yeah. Full steam ahead. It definitely <laughs> feels very British. Um, but we'll see if that actually ends up being a good strategy. I know that retail has suffered over here a lot more, I think, because of the fact that the number of kind of big brands are limited. And obviously, we've had store closures and things like that. So I think that they're focusing on bringing people in and trying to get them engaged um, in whatever way possible, whether that is hybrid um, or, you know, fully in with physical shows. For sure. Well, others that have pulled out in Europe, um, Bruno Cuccinelli, we just heard also God, I butcher every name. <laughs> and Demulemeister, God, get me right, Sophia. Um, anyway, <laughs> in terms of uh, Petit in Florence, um, and we also know that Project New York postponed its January um, men's trade show um, to and moved it to July. Something that was interesting that I mentioned to Danny, who's working on a, a story around this, is that um, a lot of brands and events that are canceling for this month, are they're not saying they're moving to virtual. They're saying we're rescheduling for June or July. And I'm like, well, is it timely then? What is happening here? <laughs> um, something's peculiar. So um, that's definitely a new trend um, rather than um, kind of shift gears now, just put off what I would assume what they're I'm not sure if it's what they were planning to do or if they're just going to skip it all together and come back for the next season. So um, we'll have an eye on that for sure. <sighs> well, anything else we missed? I think that we covered our bases here. Um, and it's worth noting also that NRF that is scheduled for um, in about a week, um, the big retail event happening in New York is is still on. Uh, they're requiring vaccine um, proof and um, there are, you know, a couple of speakers I know that have pulled out um, for now. Again, all systems go. So we'll have our eye on that as well. Zofia, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's kind of been short and sweet, but still a lot of interesting things to cover as, you know, January rolls on. Yeah, as we ease back into the year and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.